Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you do not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted in the wilderness, come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you already know the weakness of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save. May we come to know you better in the wilderness of our own lives. And being reborn to new life in Christ, may follow him in righteousness and holiness all our days. Amen. The temptation in the desert, such an archetype of a story as to feel almost unreal, strange to us in a post-enlightenment world where the devil is relegated to medieval superstition, where 40 days in the wilderness makes no sense in a culture of immediate gratification. How strange to hear that the reward of baptism 
was not immediate joy, healing of all ills and money in the savings account, but being driven out into the wilderness by the Spirit, famished and alone. But to the community 2,000 years ago to whom Luke was writing, these things were not so strange. They knew from their own experience that baptism was a hard choice, a choice that might separate you from community and family, a choice that could cost you your livelihood and perhaps your life. They knew that prophets had gone to the wilderness to pray ever since Abraham began his wanderings, ever since Jacob wrestled with God in the wilderness, since Elijah pulled himself up in a cave. We know we are a people from a wandering Aramean. And it is that that we admit when we bring our gift to the altar. What would have been strange to them was that the deceiver offered to Jesus things which Jesus already had. Changing stone into bread would be no great challenge for someone who would go on multiplying loaves and fishes whose very body would become bread for the world. Nor is being borne up by angels novel given that only moments after the deceiver leaves, the angels appear to wait upon Jesus. Promising majesty and the splendor of the kingdoms to the king of kings. Perhaps after 40 days in the wilderness, perhaps the deceiver thought that Jesus would have his doubts, that the loneliness of self-isolation might have induced as it did these past years for many of us, a spiritual or even a moral disorientation. What the deceiver didn't know is that Jesus always carried the wilderness within himself. The word eternal spoken in silence. The creator who set the stars in their courses in the midst of the formless void. When we refuse to go to the wilderness, the wilderness comes to us. Not out of petty vengeance on God's part, but an inevitable part of the tidal flow of consequences. If we fill our lives with noise and static, if we fill our hearts with immediate gratification, if we fill our minds with denial of reality rather than self-denial, then the wilderness takes root in our lives. If we ignore the cruelty and violence being carried out in Syria, in Yemen, in Afghanistan, by our enemies and sometimes by our allies, and turn away the refugee from our shores, are we then surprised when those same forces play out their cruelty here in Europe? As individuals, as a church, as a nation, what do we do when we find ourselves in the wilderness? Do we call stones bread? Do we throw ourselves to destruction? Do we despoil our faith in exchange for the principalities 
of this world. The deceiver comes to us where we are the most likely to go on autopilot, whether through confidence or simple self-indulgence, hoping that when we find ourselves sliding off the road, we end up in that slew of despond. But it is Jesus who comes to us when we are weakest, in the wilderness and at the cross, not condemning us for our sins, but as John reminded us on Ash Wednesday, by grace transforming our sin into the most direct path to salvation. Instead of staggering into the wilderness like a distracted driver, drifting off-road into the fens, these 40 days of Lent offer us an intentional journey into the wilderness, that by fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, we might find Jesus, that we might find Jesus by our weakness, by his grace, that in our hunger and spiritual poverty, we might be fed by his love, not denying our weaknesses, but discovering that as Jesus knows the weaknesses of each of us, by grace, each one of us might find him mighty to save. Amen.